2: Let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers football. We're going to bring in Brian Anthony Davis, world-renowned with Behind the Steel Curtain, as they are worldwide. Good to have you on this happy Friday, Brian Anthony Davis.
1: It is a happy Friday, my friend, and I am looking forward to another weekend with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as Andy Dufresne said in the 1994 classic movie Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, his hope is a good thing.
2: We, sadly, we do have to revisit last weekend when the Steelers lose the Green Bay Packers 27-17, to but none better to talk about it than Brian Anthony Davis. The mic is yours. Well, I was hoping to have
1: no recollection of that game whatsoever, but I guess I need to, and very interesting game, because what the Steelers were hoping to do, and what all of Steeler Nation was really begging to see, was this team coming out? in actually scoring at least a field goal on their first drive. They did better than that. They put together a really nice drive for the first time in 13 games. So they broke that streak of not being able to score on the first drive with a 45-yard pass from Ben Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson. Now, the nice thing about that is they were getting the running game going as well. There was some improvement with the offensive line, but... You have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball, and they countered very quickly. So, with that being said, when you have the running game going, that means that if you score early and you get an opportunity to be up, even if it's just for a little bit, then the game plans change and you're not playing from behind. And we've seen them playing from behind so much this year. That kind of prohibits the running game from getting going, too. So, high-powered offense of the uh, Green Bay Packers, they got going as well. But the Steelers' defense was hanging in there and hanging in there well. They do give up a lot of field goals, but the nice thing about that during the first four weeks of the season is the fact that the Steelers are not letting teams just get into the end
2: zone so much. So, Brian, you're not all down in this game. You're pulling out some positives.
1: Yeah, there there are a lot of positives because the offensive line, as bad as they are, improved. The running game, Najee Harris, 4.1 yards per carry for the whole game, that is a big deal. He is having a fantastic rookie season, but you just don't know it for how bad the team is going. So, if you look at the fact that the team's always from always down in the second half then you're not going to be able to get a running game going they would have been able to get a running game going if they had a lead going into the third quarter which it looked like they were going to with one of the most egregious i'm not going to say the most egregious but one of the most egregious calls i've ever seen was the offsides call for the uh against the Steelers on the blocked field goal it would have been a uh A huge swing with Mika Fitzpatrick scoring the touchdown, picking up the fumble. They went over that left and right, and you can see that the Steelers did not jump offside. Mika Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden were like, we did not jump offside. We were onside. And they're not allowed to say too much about it, but they... I mean, it's proven. Now, this isn't as egregious as the Jesse James non-touchdown in 2018 against the uh excuse me 2017 against the new england patriots there were some other egregious calls another one in 2018 against the the uh, los angeles chargers the offside that was clearly offside on the, the uh, chargers they turned that into a touchdown and and i uh, kind of sunk the season there so those are some things to kind of look at but with this game this really helped turn the tide. Now, would it guarantee the Pittsburgh Steelers victory? I'm not saying that. But if you go into the second half with a, with a lead, then you have a chance to establish the running game a little bit more with Najee Harris, and you are not trying to pass the ball on fourth down. You are not trying to do all the things that you try to do to come from behind and you don't abandon the running game and that's one thing that they had to do now the play calling Gordy was a little suspect for me because on fourth down twice in that game they went for it and they did not get they did not move the sticks Ben Roethlisberger set a, uh, a bad record there first time in NFL history that a quarterback completed two passes on fourth down in the same game and did not convert to a first down. Never happened before. The Steelers play calling, they're they show—they're sho- throwing short of the sticks and hoping to catch the ball and run after the catch, and it's not working. That happened twice in this game. They need to be a little more creative, and this is the indictment of the, either the play calling or Ben Roethlisberger overrolling the play calling. I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger is saying that in this offense that he is not allowed to change the play now. At this point, so it might be uh, we might be looking at Todd Haley all over again with Ben. So there might be a power struggle. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm I'm uh, kicking up rocks that shouldn't be kicked up. But with that being said, if they can get a lead and run the ball they're going to be so much better for it. In the end, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. The Steelers could not do as much as they possibly could. They lost by 10. They could have lost by 30, or they could have won that game um, if a few things had turned around. But this is a team now that is 1-3. They are not calling the family in yet. You get to 1-4, you call the priest in, you start talking about last rites. Um, but... At this point at 1-3, the season is not over, contrary to what a lot of fans think. We have seen a 1-3 team go to the playoffs before for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it happened actually twice before in 1976 when they went to the AFC Championship game and in 2002, the Tommy Maddox era, when they went to the divisional round and an acting job kept them from going to the AFC Championship game by one Joe Nedney. But what I'm saying here that it's not time to throw in the terrible towel just yet, but the first quarter, almost a quarter, because you can't call it the first quarter anymore because there's 17 games, but with almost the first quarter, it's not a great start. Something has to change, and it has to change this week against the Denver Broncos.
2: As we look at, you alluded to it, this weekend, 1 o'clock kickoff in Pittsburgh. Would there be a change of quarterback if this downward spiral continues?
1: Nope. It's been suggested that it's not going to happen. Ben Roethlisberger has to be unfit to play for them to do it. They are not going to do it, much in the same way as they're not going to change coaches. They they changed coaches twice in the last... Fifty some years. Well, three times if you consider uh, bringing Chuck Nolan in 1969. There's only been three head coaches in Pittsburgh. They do not, uh, they are not going to move Ben Roethlisberger out of there, and that came out yesterday again. Uh, not official sources, but that was all the rage on the Twitter.
2: Let's go ahead and look at this game with Denver. The keys to victory for the Steelers.
1: This is kind of simple. The Steelers need to get the running game going, and they need to score in the first half, and they need to get a lead. If they can get a lead on a very good Denver defense, and they're ranked in the top ten everywhere on defense, but they're missing a guy in Bradley Chubb who's very good. Von Miller is still one of the best in the game. Can he do it all by himself? Not necessarily, but they do have a nice secondary as well. But they're a lot like the Indianapolis Colts of the last two years. Not a great offense, a pretty good defense. Now, some people are suggesting that you don't know who the quarterback's going to be because of the concussion protocol that Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to be in, but he practiced yesterday, so I don't really understand that entire situation. But some people are suggesting that Teddy Bridgewater would be – A great advantage over true lock, and that might be possible. But I don't look at it this way that a lot of people thought that they were going to base their picks on who was going to be the quarterback. I don't feel that way. If Pittsburgh can get their running game going, the defense is good enough to go ahead and stop either quarterback. The one thing to look at here is that you kind of would rather see lock in there because Kenny Bridgewater is very good at holding on to the ball. But if you do anything that amazing? Is he an amazing quarterback? No. This is not a Pro Bowl caliber guy. So with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, the thing is, the Broncos are a 3-0 team coming into last week's loss against the Dem- the uh, Baltimore Ravens, but the teams that they beat were 0-9. Now if you look at who they've played this year, you throw in the Ravens at 3-1, and that's, that's pretty bad because this is a five and a, the teams that they played and beaten are actually the teams that they played are five and 11 total. The teams that they've beaten are two and 10 on the season. So you don't really know what kind of team the Denver Broncos really are at this point. So the Steelers do have an opportunity. If they can establish the running game, once again, that's going to do so many things. It's going to open up, passing lanes for Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to open up a lot of things, and it all hinges on getting that running game going, and he has a chance to do so much more, and if he has a chance to do so much more, you are going to see an improved Ben Roethlisberger. Score. Pittsburgh Steelers 26, Denver Broncos 24.
2: Appreciate you joining me. Go Steelers. I appreciate it, Gordy.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.